Welcome back here on the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguin Podcast. I'm Michael Bryan, alongside, as always, Nick Hart. And it's been a little while since we've had a guest on air, since we've had a podcast, to be honest. But this week, we are joined by Penguins goaltender Anthony Peters, winner of three straight and all-around good guy in the locker room. <laughs> and a belated happy birthday to you. I know it was on New Year's Eve, 27 years old. How's it feel? Feels good. Yeah. I, uh, so much different than 26. Yeah, so much different. A lot, uh, lot slower when I turn 27. <laughs> I'm not sure if we want to hear that. But that, <laughs> my question is, is it good to have your birthday on New Year's Eve? Like you automatically have a celebration for your birthday, I guess as an adult at least. That's a good question. Uh, most people say having it at the end of the year is tough because you're always the youngest in your class. But, uh, yeah, there's always these, always a celebration for my birthday, but – you know, the, the New Year's kind of takes a spotlight <laughs> over me. It's always a New really? Year's party, not a birthday party. So I've never had a birthday party, to be honest. It's you always, just had all, it's always It's always a New Year's. And I usually kind of fly under the radar. I don't really tell anyone it's my birthday and just kind of go along with the flow. But So when you were a kid, was it like New Year's Eve parties where you were getting presents? Some people would bring a card if we had a, a New Year's party, my parents or something. Some people might bring a card, but it was never, never the spotlight was never on me. I never really liked that. I just enjoyed having the party and kind of flying under the radar so you weren't one for the spotlight you didn't care no no typical middle child right yeah the middle child syndrome (laughs) yeah (laughs) let's talk about the middle child syndrome a little bit because older brother younger brother anthony right in the middle two goaltenders yeah in the mix your older brother justin who penguins fans are familiar with and nick and i were talking before we hopped on the podcast the younger brother is always kind of the goaltender for the older brother hockey player, skater. Yeah. But you have two you have two goaltenders, older brother and middle brother. So take us through how that all occurred. Honestly, I don't even know. It's <laughs> probably a bad decision for our parents to let us do that. <laughs> but uh, my older brother was a goalie. He got, being from a small town, everyone kind of take turns playing goalie growing up. And they didn't really have anyone that was playing, and he loved the position. He uh, So he got he became a goalie. And then for me, being the younger brother, I idolized my older brother. And I wanted to be like him. And same thing, we needed a goalie for our team. I got stuck, put a net, and then never really got back out. And our younger brother, like you mentioned, he he was always goalie playing road hockey. And he'd be crying or mad or whatever, and and we'd force him to stay in the net. But when it came to him playing in games, he would ball. He he got scored on a lot, and he'd be crying after goals. So then my parents were like, okay, like – on the ice, he could be a forward or a defenseman, but in in the driveway, he was always goalie. All right, then. Yeah. So, wait. In the driveway, if it was you, Justin, Justin yeah. and what's your younger brother's name? Alex. Alex. Yeah. yeah. He Alex was always goalie. Justin and I were always playing forward because we never get a chance to play out. So, for us, it was fun to play out. Gotcha. And he he drew the short end, and he'd be goalie <laughs> in the room. Well, that's, that is a very good explanation, and when you break it down like that, yeah. It all makes sense. Yeah, it, it really does. It starts to uh, – the pieces start to come together because usually the pattern is older brother has to take the shots and the younger brother has to go in the net. So at least we know Alex still had to pay yeah. his dues. And he was good. He was good. It just – he hated – he had a little temper when he was younger, so he hated getting scored on. Right. So in the driveway it was fine. He could slash us or <laughs> throw a stick. <laughs> but when it came to the rink and other parents around, it probably didn't look very good. So. But he's a defenseman now. He's a defenseman. So player. he hasn't completely – No, no. He's a goalie's best friend. I, okay. I guess the men usually are. Very nice, very nice. I want to go through your career a little bit because it's unique. Um, and 
kind of the path you took because as you go through your career in the Ontario Hockey League initially, it seemed like you were the backup yeah. to pretty much everywhere you went. Yeah. And I want to throw some names out at you because you have John Murray, Maverick Parks, Eddie Pasquale, yeah. Penguins fans know him, Philip Grubauer, of course we know who he is, J.P. Anderson. And he went from Kingston to Saginaw, Belleville, Mississauga. Pretty good season in Mississauga there in 2010-11. Was that a kind of result of like trying to find your spot or trying to find a team where you could be the guy? Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like <clears throat> when I was younger, I got drafted high and then uh, had a bad injury. I, I uh, actually had a bad accident. I got hit by a car. Whoa! And I uh, <clears throat> so I played a couple games at the start of the year that I missed that whole season and. It was just a long time trying to come back from that, and then when I came back playing, I was I wasn't a hundred percent, and um, trying to get used to that, new ways of training, new things to try to rehab, and it, it took me. I mean, I would get by, like I could still play at that level, but I wasn't um, dominant by any means, right. and um, you know I was kind of a step behind, just trying to stay, stay caught up, and then um, it took me three or four years to actually feel good on the ice again and feel competitive and and it kind of just came near the end of my career but then when I went to university it uh I started feeling good physically and I was put in a situation where I could play and I think I kind of just developed at that level there and then uh, kind of came in the back door to pro hockey and and then kind of just been going from there now I know both OB and I want to talk a little bit about your decision to go to a university and stuff like that but I feel like we got to hit the rewind button (laughs) a little bit here if I'm throwing a curveball at you. Yeah, this, yeah. Is a, this is a this is a nugget <laughs> yeah. storyline story, that we were yeah. not aware of. If Are you comfortable talking about yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. If no this problem. wasn't any too traumatic of an experience, yeah. you were hit by a car. I was hit by a car. It was traumatic. I mean, now I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, I was actually it was when I was playing in the OHL. Okay. Um, we were on the ro- on the road, and um, there was three or four of us that got hit at the time. I got the worst of it. Um, I broke my my left leg, so my my tibia, my fibula, basically from my knee down, my leg was mangled, yeah. and it was a pretty. I won't get into details, but it was gory. Yeah, it yeah. was a bad. It was a bad break, and then you I guys were walking across yeah, the street. We across, and ran yeah. a red light or yeah. something. You and other teammates, or you yeah. and like somebody, a couple teammates, a couple teammates. Wow. Yeah, and uh, then I had a pulmonary embolism from the from the um, the break and yeah. stuff. So that's where you get a blood clot in your lung. So that was kind of what made the injury way worse because they could do a quick surgery, but then they had to wait to do the permanent surgeries until my blood all sorted yeah. out and stopped clotting. And then from there, it was I had to learn how to walk again. And I was in, I was in a hospital bed for like two months where I couldn't physically like get out of the bed, so I was on 24-hour care. So that was like that was the hardest part. And then I learned how to walk and then kind of run. And at, at the time, it was there kind of like, yeah, you're probably not going to play hockey again. And I remember like hearing that and being devastated. Yeah. And then I was kind of like, uh, I remember the doctor telling me, and at first I was just like shocked, and then I was kind of like, well, screw you, like, who are you to say? Yeah. Right. And then, uh, yeah, and then it was just kind of like baby steps, and it took a long time. And then when I was came back playing, I had to kind of relearn the game and relearn how to play with my new injury, and then ways of training and ways around it. And yeah. And I do th- stuff to this day every day to, to maintain it, and um, yeah, it was a long road, but I mean. Can you get into specifics a little bit? You said you had to relearn the position yeah. after the injury. So what changed for you? What what could you do before that you couldn't do now after the accident? Yeah. How did you have to relearn this? Well, I don't want to give away too much because yeah, the for team sure. might be listening. Secrets of the trade. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I uh, 
like as far as like training in the summer, you do a lot of running and a lot of stuff like that. And, and now I don't run. I can't do any running. I mean, physically, if I was getting chased by like a, a dog or something, I could lion. run away. Yeah. You run away from a lion. I could run away. But just the repetitive um, running and training of every day, it's really hard on your body. So, right. yeah. so I had to change the way I trained. And it took a while to figure that out. You know, what could I do that I could still, you know, have good cardio? What could I do to still be strong and not do those things? Um, and then on the ice, it was... I had I lost some mobility in my ankle, so as far as like when you're going down and trying to slide, I wasn't able to do that. So then I had to increase my hip flexibility, or I had to increase, change the way I push. Instead of pushing off my toe, I'm kind of pushing off my heel, um, you know, things like that. And it slowly, I mean, it sounds when I say it now, it's like, yeah, well, why didn't you just do that? But I didn't. You had to physically figure out what I could and couldn't do, and then then I had to get good at it. Yeah, there's no back of the math yeah. answer for yeah. that, right? So I had to learn. I had to learn my body. Um, when you're used to just, you know, walking up steps every day, I had to relearn how to do those types of things and then get good at it and then try to become an elite athlete at it. So it took a, it was a long process, but I mean, in a weird way, it, you definitely have a greater appreciation for things. And I mean, people say everything happens for a reason. I mean, <laughs> I wish that didn't happen, but <laughs> it happened and you learn a lot. It seems like a journey like that is one of incremental steps slowly but surely but was there a game a moment a save where the flip the switch kind of flipped you're like i'm back yeah um or was it just you know you just i think it was just just kind of look back and like oh wow i I feel good again yeah i think i think that was the case i mean there would be times where i still wasn't feeling great but i'd have a good game or a really good game and it was like and that's the thing about hockey you could not feel good and and on the stat sheet it looks like you had a great game Mm -hmm. or um, the team played really well, and it makes you look better. But um, I don't think it was anything. I think it was just like uh, whether it was I was stubborn or just you know I just said you know I gotta I want to play pro hockey and whatever it takes. And then all of a sudden, I when I was leaving school, it was like holy smokes! I just signed a contract. I'm going down to play pro hockey. And then I played a game and I got a shutout my first game. And I was like, I was like, whoa, okay, like here I am. But it didn't feel like it wasn't like. I made it. It was like, okay, like I'm going to the rink the next day and I got to have a practice. It wasn't like <laughs> I didn't have my hands in the air. So, cause yeah. I mean, you know how you guys see the season, you play a game and it's like, yeah, it's exciting. But then it's like, you're right back at the rink the next day. So you don't really have time to, I mean, there's times where you, I think when I first got called up or I first signed or something, you know, like you kind you might cry or you might, you're just like, holy smokes. Like you talk to your parents and it's Did just you cry. Like, <laughs> I might have a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? The pro contract? My or first the pro contract, yeah. yeah. And then um, I've t- I just I mean, couldn't. Just I mean, like I mean, of, co- of course you would. Are you kidding me? Yeah. After the journey? Like to and, call and my parents, it was cool. Just to, and, it w- and that was just to go to the ECHL. And then um, when I was – I was played two games in Florida, and then I got called up to Rochester for the rest of that season. And I didn't cry that one. It was just kind of like – it was like, okay, like here we go. And then, um, you know, I signed in with Charlotte, and I played in Charlotte – um, in their farm system for two years, and I didn't really play in Charlotte much. And then um, you kind of wonder, okay, am I going to get a sh- am I going to get sh- a shot anywhere? And so this season, I signed in Cincinnati on a just an independent deal, and then that way you can kind of get called up anywhere. I mean, if you do well, and fortunately, I came here and it's been great. Was it like one solitary tear, or was <laughs> like a good cry? Just the one tear. Just, okay. just the one tear. <laughs> Man tear just yeah, rolls yeah. down well, the cheek. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the picture perfect, yeah, just. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But I, I, Nick, and I do want to go back to your St. Mary's time a yeah. little bit, and kind of, and now it all kind of makes sense. But I imagine going from junior hockey ranks to collegiate hockey 
that's a, that's that seems like a strange transition to me. Yeah, it, it seems like two completely different worlds. How, how was that for you? And and honestly, and everyone thinks that, and it's uh, it's different as far as when you're playing in junior in Ontario. Like that's the NHL there. It's you're getting you know six thousand people, ten thousand people. Like some of these places get treated better than you know pro places. It's crazy. And then when you go out to school, it's like now I'm all of a sudden in the east coast of Canada, and yeah, it's kind of hidden. But it's to be honest, like university in Canada it's, it's like a hidden gem almost and especially the east coast like the hockey's better they like this the university team they played the world the canadian world juniors this year and they beat them two games for their tournament prep like they beat them both times so it, i think it's that says a lot about the league out there so for me um you know i'm just a hard worker and when you're in an environment where it's a step up and you're working hard you just you're gonna get better you're, there's no doubt and um that was kind of my thing i just wanted to get better i wanted to win and you know you have fun when you're going to school you, you go to class and you know you, you can do the do some fun things that, while you're there <laughs> college is, co yeah. college yeah. is yeah. fun and halifax is an unbelievable city and and, and that's where I, I live now in the summers and stuff but uh i enjoy my time there it's it's an unbelievable program our coach trevor steinberg played in the nhl he he's he's done it all and and then and he, he just he's the kind of guy that you go in and you work hard and he'll do everything he can to help you and I was fortunate with that. He he gave me a great opportunity, and and I played on some good teams. And just you know, one thing, next thing you know, you're you're playing professionally. Why St. Mary's? Why was that your pick? Because I know your brother, he's there now yeah. too, his first year, Alex. No, that's a good. I I, I knew I wanted to get out of Ontario because I knew out east was great. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I talked to a couple teams, and it just for whatever reason, he just kept calling and calling and calling. And um, I'd heard a lot about. Halifax and the team and stuff and I mean I'm from a small town so basically if I go anywhere it seems like there's a lot more to do and right and it's a lot more fun than my town it's a great place to grow up but <laughs> there's not a lot so it was just I didn't it wasn't one thing in particular it just kind of it seemed like a good fit they had a good goalie there at the time and I thought you know I'd play some games my first year and then kind of take over and it just happened that I ended up playing a lot right when yeah. I got there and it went well yeah, great numbers in college, and that helped you sign that pro yeah. contract you were talking about with Florida. Yeah. How was that transition? Because as you said, you grew up in a small town, Blythe, Ontario, yeah. right on what? Right on the lake, Port here or Lake, lake Huron, Huron, right? Yeah. Right. Then you go to Nova Scotia for college, and now you're in Florida yeah. to start your pro. Yeah, career. Fort Myers yeah. Yeah. for all intents and purposes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I grew up, like you said, just off Lake Huron. It's all farms, and then yeah. you go out east, and it's all fishing industry, and then. You head down south and it's all suntan lotion. Yeah, it's it's a little different. <laughs> but it, I mean, it's awesome, and you guys see it too. You, you, the way the the places the game takes you, it's unbelievable, and you meet a lot of great people, and you see a lot of cool places, and and yeah, that was kind of weird. It was like ninety five degrees or whatever, and then you walk into the rink, and then you come back out, and it's it's still hot out. You're like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, show up to the rink in shorts. Yeah, yeah not too many yeah. places back home where you probably could have done that. No, but I mean, it's funny. A lot of guys, and then I ended up playing there a lot after, and. And a lot of guys, when they'd first come in and they get sent down or traded there, they'd go sit at the pool. The first thing that I always do is sit at the pool for an afternoon, and they come to the rink the next day just like red, just really? so burnt. Yeah, and, and you'd always crying. tell them like, "Oh, I don't really burn," but you're like, "No, you don't understand. <laughs> you've been in, <laughs> this is different. You've been in upstate New York for the last three months, and then you go sit at a pool in Florida. You're gonna get fried." So it's funny. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry you're not able to get the same suntan yeah, here and, and Wilkes-Barre Scranton right now. I do. I do like the Florida Everblades, uh, having been in the ECHL. Jermaine Arena is a great arena. Yeah. They, have, they have a great thing going down there. But I love 
the Everblades, well, not anymore, but the assistant coach and one of the best names I've ever seen, Tad O'Had. Yeah. Tad O'Had. Tad O'Had. And honestly, probably one of the best guys in hockey, too. I mean, how can you not be but a good a guy name. with a name like Tad O'Had? If your name rhymes, you got to be a good guy, yeah. right? Yeah. And he's got the own apostrophe. I mean, I'm biased yeah. to that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but I remember Minor yeah, sidebar. when he first, when someone first, he was the first guy to contact me from the team, and I was yeah. like, Tad O'Had. I, I didn't know if like someone was joking around or something, but then I realized, yeah, that's actually his name. And then when I went down there, and got to know him, like unbelievable guy. But Th- yeah, that very um, easily could be like a name that your buddies call you on. Yeah. Like after a night, they've had yeah. a, they've had a few. Yeah. And then All they right, call Tad you like, O'Had. Yeah, yeah, I'm a. It's Tad O'Had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. That sounds fake. Yeah. Um. But no, he's a real guy. He's yeah. a he's, he's a real guy. Yeah, he's a real boy. Um, why Florida? How I mean, how heavily recruited were you out of St. Mary's? Were a lot of ECHL or AHL teams calling you? Or was it honestly? Tad I have no Florida? idea. It was. Yeah. I got an agent, and then um, he's like, "I'm not sure, you know, what's even available because it's near the end of the season, and and it's like teams will have goalies all year, but they might have an injury, they might have a call up, they might just you know not be happy and want an upgrade." <coughs> So we just said, you know, I'll just, you know, we'll see what we can do. And then he called me the next day and said, um, you know, pack your bags if you want. You're going to Florida. And I just said, all right. So <laughs> I left the next day that morning and, and then played the, the very next day after that. So it just it happened so quick. And, I mean, I don't know if I would want to wait for a better situation. They were a good team at the time. And yeah. and I my older brother, Justin, had played there for a season. And you know, we, he always talked about how unbelievable it was. So for me, it was a no-brainer. As soon as they were the, a team that called, I just said, "Yeah, let's go." Very nice. Let's go. Let's go. And uh, two se- basically two seasons with them. Yep. But last season or this season, signing with Cincinnati. What was the mindset behind that? Just uh, getting a little more hockey-centric market, or honestly, I like I love my time in Florida. Like unbelievable that <clears throat> the ownership, the management, like everything down there is first class and. I was with Charlotte for the two seasons when I was there, and it was just I never really got called up. There was never much of an opportunity. So for me, it was just kind of I wanted to change, um, go somewhere new. And, and for them, they always have goalies on Carolina or Charlotte contracts. So, I mean, it wasn't – if I, I probably couldn't just sign with Florida. So um, I kind of just did some research and looked who's good at defense because goalies <laughs> like good defense. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Cincinnati, they've had a lot of great seasons, and – um, statistically, like they don't let up, a, let in a lot of goals. So, for me, it was kind of like, okay, that's that's a place where I want to go play. And um, fortunately, they needed a goalie, and it just kind of worked out. And they have they're affiliated with Buffalo, and they have two guys on NHL contracts there. So, at first, I was a little skeptical. I'm like, okay, like how am I going to get ice time when they got two NHL guys there? Yeah. But it just kind of worked out. Um, I got a couple games early, and things went well, and then kind of snowballed from there yeah things went really well you were one of the best goalies in the echl whenever you signed with uh your first bto with wilkesbury yeah. scranton um when that came to its end you went back to cincinnati and then won all your games upon returning still had the fourth best goals against average in the echl when you signed your second pto with wilkesbury scranton what was your mentality like whenever the penguins gave you that second call and signed you that second pto this season coming in for sort of the second run you know the guys in the room and it's just Strictly business at that point, right? Yeah. When I, I mean, I wasn't really expecting the second call. I, I really? was a little caught off guard just because, I mean, I came in and it's like, you know, you lose a couple games, things were going well. And then I went back and it was just kind of like a bittersweet or a, kind of a bitter taste. Um, you know, I wish things would have worked out well the first time. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, that's hockey. You go up, things don't go well. And then 
I went back and I just kind of said, you know what, there's certain things in my game I could work on that I can get away with at, say, the ECHL level, but not necessarily the AHL level. And, um, you know, I just, that was kind of my focus and practice and things like that. And, you know, I try to put them in games. And then, um, you know, when I got the call, obviously it's like, okay, this is a second chance. What a great opportunity. And I had no idea how many goalies were hurt, and I just thought I'd be coming to back up for the weekend. And uh-huh. and then Clarky called me that night and said I was playing, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, <laughs> here <laughs> we go." Yeah. And then I came in, and and the team the team had an unreal weekend. Like the guys played great, and as a goalie, you benefit. Like anytime your team plays a good game, the goalie usually it looks like he has a good game too, and you make a timely save here or there or something like that. But um, yeah, I was I came in at the right time. The guys played well, so then. Um, you know, you get a couple games, and then, um, you know, we play th- on the Wednesday or something, and um, I wasn't expecting to play, wasn't supposed to play, and mm-hmm. found out that afternoon I was playing because Casey was maybe going to go up. Yeah, we didn't know what was going to happen yeah. with Casey. Yeah, so <laughs> it was just kind of like, okay, you're going to play again. And then, <laughs> you know, it's exciting. You get another chance. And then, you know, same thing. You come in, the team's been playing great, and then they've c- continued to play great. So, um, you know, it was a good time to come in because the guys have been doing so well. I know we don't like to necessarily break down the X's and O's the podcast we try to make it a little bit something different more <laughs> about you know the players themselves and their background but you have a unique perspective because you were around for a bit and the team wasn't playing well that well at that time let's be honest and kind of maybe your record was microcosmic of that now the team's to be playing much seems to be playing much better and a three-game winning streak so have you seen a difference between what this team was looking like back in december where they were struggling and now how they're performing currently with this five-game winning streak. Yeah, I think you can see it. I think just when you walk in the room, there's always – I mean, when you're in an environment and then you step out and then you come back in, you can see yeah. you're like, whoa, okay, yeah, you get it. Because you kind of – I mean, you, this hockey, it's so intense. You get so caught up a lot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like the team was playing bad, bad. I mean, we still lost one game in overtime, I think, when I played. So mm-hmm. it was like that could go either way. You win yeah. a game there. But then, yeah, when I came in this time, like the guys just – the level of play and you know the buy-in was just incredible. So it's and I, th- I forget there's an NHL goalie. I forget he said it in the media. It's like you, as a goalie you get you get too much credit or too much blame. It's never you're just <laughs> and and you it's see like being it, a quarterback. Yeah, really. yeah. And and there's in huge markets like Toronto or Montreal in the NHL. Like Carey Price, he's like a savior there. But I think he's the only one where when he's doing well, it's probably only him because that guy's unbelievable. Yeah. But he'll, the, t- the fans will boo him like a couple weeks later, and it's like, this guy's the best goalie in the world, hands down, and he's getting booed. So Yeah, Montreal gives up 80 shot attempts in two periods. Yeah. He gives up three goals, and now yeah. he's the worst. No, I know. Yeah. and it's, But that's the, way, that's the way of the business, and that's the way of the position. But And then that's the way sometimes stats can be skewed because sometimes yeah. you're like, oh, we outshot a team, you know, 40 to 30 or something. But it's like, well, like how do some of those are so unstoppable or, you know, vice versa. And sometimes you give up a lot of shots and they're not that many like high scoring chances. So it's I mean, that's why you kind of you, you more stick to the process of things and how you're working on your game as opposed to results, because you can get you can get you can go crazy thinking about that stuff. How often do you and Justin talk shop every day? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we, I'm all th- both my brothers. We talk. We have a little group chat. I mean, so easy now with text messages. Yeah, right. We uh, we text every day, and then yeah, like he'll he'll watch clips of my games, or I watch clips of his, and um, he'll be like, "Oh, I'm working on this," or "I'm thinking of that." What do you think of this? And you know, even things the way you do up your gear, kind of put on it's just certain things. This makes me move easier. Or just yeah, we're talking talking every day. And 
and then regular stuff too. Are oh. you able? Are you able? Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. How's how's he enjoying Europe? Uh, good. He's the the only hard thing for him is that he just had twins at, at, right at the end of summer. Really? So he's away from that. And oh. His, oh. his poor wife's back in uh, back in Toronto looking after the kids, and so that that part's hard. He he saw them when they were born, and then he came home for a couple of weeks and saw them. So he's like, I don't even want to leave again because he he missed them so much. Right. But um, aside from that, it's it's been good. He he. Uh, it seems like if hockey's going well, then I mean, it seems to make everything better right. in life. And and uh, you know, he's had some highs and lows, so it's been kind of all over the place for him. And then just trying to deal with being away, and um, you know, I feel bad for his wife because oh, <laughs> you really do. That's, that's not one. That's life you have to look I after. Know. That's, that's two, two children. Two, two children. And, and I was when I got called up to to Wilkes here the first time. Uh-huh. I was actually we were on the road in Brampton, so we bust in. I'd escape that morning, and then I went to their house in the afternoon. My dad picked me up and I went over and I was hanging out with them, and it was like awesome because I got to see them. I saw them at the end of summer, but it's like one starts crying and and, and it's easy for me because I'm like, okay, like his wife will pick him up or something, and then you know the other one starts crying and I'm like, okay, like who's got this? Like I can't be <laughs> holding the crying baby. Yeah. Who's taking the baby? Yeah. And my dad's not stepping up, so it was like I couldn't imagine <laughs> being oh, there. Oh, Mr. By Peters, yeah, come yeah. on! I couldn't imagine being there by yourself with two and and trying to get sleep. Just chaos. Oh, hey. Yeah. Like, How's she holding up? She's hanging in there, and she's doing an awesome job. It's it's just crazy. I well, I guess the good thing is the, the European leagues usually end a little bit earlier, yeah. so he should be yeah. back. You know, playoffs aside, yeah. he should be back sometime. And they so. get an Olympic break too, so I mean, he could get. No, he started in the KHL and then came o- and then went yeah, to started in, uh, Deutsche Ice Hockey. Riga, yeah, and then they had a real tough start. They bought out a bunch of guys, and then he, yeah, you know, it was actually kind of a blessing for him because then he came home, got to come home for two weeks, and then he went over to to uh, Germany, and he's in Cologne. Nice. And uh, actually, Freddie Tip is uh, yeah. Freddie's brother plays there. He's signed on with that team, so they know each other. The Sharks, the Cologne Sharks. Cologne Sharks. Say it differently. Yeah, not like I do. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's shift gears for a moment before we get back to kind of the serious stuff because I feel like this this needs an influx of fun and humor because we've been getting pretty deep here and rightfully so. <laughs> so let's start off with our first kind of pre-ordained segment called popping the question has nothing to do with nuptials <laughs> as our listeners know but nick will you s- tee this up for anthony please anthony <laughs> every week on the wilkes-barre scranton penguins podcast we have our previous episodes guest leave a blind question for our next episode's guest so they don't know who is coming on the next podcast yeah. and this question can be about anything in the world okay now, you said this would be a nice time to transition into some less heavy waters. Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> um, oh. our, our previous episode's guest went with a little bit of a theme since the upcoming road trip for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins will also serve as their dad's trip. A bunch of the players' fathers will be accompanying them up to Canada to visit Belleville and Laval. Our previous episode's guest came up with this question. Anthony, are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite father-son moment? Ooh. That's a good question. I don't know how I'd pick one. Honestly, See, that's I think the thing, because I started thinking about it, too. I'm like, oh, I don't know if you – you always, like, think of a yeah. bunch of yeah. memories. I'm not sure if you can pick one. Yeah, I, I think – See if we can whittle it down, though. Yeah. I think my – yeah, my. I mean, I just think in general. Like, I think of my dad, and, and there was three boys in hockey. We have a sister, too. She played hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, so he worked a full-time job. And then he picked up, like, he started his own company on the side doing landscaping and stuff so that we could all play and have our gear and play for registration. So we would do, like, he'd be up at 4 in the morning, you know, doing 
people's landscape and they'd go to his work and then he'd come home and then on a weekend he'd do stuff and then he'd pick us up take us to a rink so for me i just think of like not necessarily one thing but just i mean i guess that is one thing he just he gave up everything yeah for the greater for our kids his kids to have the opportunity to do all that but and it, and when we talk to him now he's like I never considered it a sacrifice. He's like, it was a choice. Like, I made a choice to – it would be easy to say, no, you can't go play in that tournament or you can't, yeah. you know, play on this I'm spring busy, team. Yeah. Or, yeah, you can't have that new stick or something like that. But he was like, okay, like, uh, you can. I'm just going <laughs> to work hard. And and then when you see that, it's kind of like, okay, like, wow. like, And you don't realize – you kind of realize it when you're a kid, but you don't until now I'm older. Yeah. And when I think of that, it's like, holy smokes, like, I can't imagine doing that. Like for us, like we come to the rink every day. I'm at the rink from say like eight to one o'clock or something. I go home and I couldn't imagine. <laughs> and that's not even a full day. Like yeah, right exactly. And then going and doing other stuff and then picking your kid up and going here. And it's like a like, five hour day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Battle, battle through, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like a spa day. And then he, <laughs> and he's, and he did that. And then he did it for all four kids. Like uh, to me, it's like unbelievable. I can't. Yeah, we had actually talked about that before on the podcast. Whenever we had a uh, Chris Summers on, that you appreciate it when you're a kid. Yeah. But the the weight of it doesn't really sink oh, in no. until you're older. You're like, yeah. oh crap. And like, I'm sure for guys when cool. they have kids, then you really realize it even more. But for yeah. me, it just like being older and realizing, you know, the value of money and time and hard work. It's like. I mean, and you can't even thank, like, how do you thank someone for doing that kind of yeah, stuff? You there's say no thanks, Hallmark you card for that. show your appreciation, but they don't even want you to say thanks. They just, they know, and he knows, and it's, yeah. To me, that's just, like, crazy. Getting a little misty on the podcast right yeah. now. <laughs> hi, hi, pollen count, is that possible in January? Yeah. What's, yes. go, what's going on? Someone allergic to cats? Cold <laughs> allergies. <laughs> yeah. You delving into this, or are you just going to let... Uh, well, like sort of like uh, on the same note that he was talking about, because I was thinking about it whenever uh, Colin Smith, that's the one yeah. who posited this question. Yeah, nice question. Yeah, whenever he, yeah. he came up with it, I started thinking about it too. And it's there's never like, or I shouldn't say, in my case, there's not a moment, like a specific time where it's like, oh, that was the best yeah. with me and my dad. It's always those general things that you remember. Like uh, my dad, same thing, to and from the rank for hockey practice. Um, I think we've talked about on the podcast before, the drop-off point between – my mom and my dad between practice because he'd be coming from the city and would meet my mom halfway between our house and the hockey rink because then she had to take care of my younger sisters. Yeah, yeah. Like, so we'd meet at a specific exit on the highway and I'd take my gear from her car to his car yeah, and then yeah. we'd go the rest of the way. Um, but I also always liked watching football with my dad just because, you know, hockey, we always had that together. You know, he was always around my games, whether he was in the stands or on the bench as like a coach. And we'd always talk about the games afterwards. We both had that. Football was, like, his thing. Like, he played football in college. He always knew more about football than I did. So whenever we'd sit down on the weekend and watch the Steelers or something and then whatever 4 o'clock game come on after that, I just like watching football yeah. with my dad because he knew what was going on and I didn't. I just saw the ball go up and someone catch it or drop yeah. it. <laughs> he saw everything else. So I always appreciated that. Good stuff. I'm not sure if I should go through. I, I have some specific moments. You do? Okay. I do have some specific <laughs> – but, like, this could – Maybe not cutting more onions. It, could, it could derail the – the podcast real quick like it could be like a hallmark channel yeah. podcast well here's the thing we still have the three on three which is one to lift the spirits so okay. unless the three on three is like your top three saddest moments in your entire <laughs> life i think we'll be able to bounce back from okay this, we'll be able to bounce back one of the best moments that i can remember because like you said there's general things but my dad passed away from cancer back in 2005 uh-huh. the last time he was able to make it out into public was when he came up to 
to Trenton, and I used to do like a weekly radio show out at a, the local restaurant in Trenton, and we have a player on, and it was an hour long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The last time he made it out um, in public was to come to the show, see me do it, and hang out for the night. So that was like, it was, it was a sad best moment. Yeah, right, right. right like sure. that's that's one of my best memories. And dad, like he was still looking good and excited to see me do what I do Let's in do person, yeah. do my thing in person. So that was um, that was the best one. And also, I ended up going to the Super Bowl with my dad. So oh. that was pretty cool. Yes, yeah. that um, would be memorable. Which si- Super Bowl? Super Bowl. Um, is it over here? No. I. Oh yeah, Super Bowl thirty three. Super Bowl 33 is uh, Atlanta and Denver. Nice. Atlanta and Denver. Atlanta and Denver. Minnesota was supposed to make it. They'd gone 15-1, and one and Gary Anderson hadn't missed a field goal all season long. Uh-huh. And he missed the game-winning field goal against Atlanta. That was when Randall Cunningham was the right. quarterback. And no one expected Atlanta to win so much that the Miami Herald had the Super Bowl preview printed out for the newspaper next day. Really? <laughs> I still have it. It has Broncos versus Vikings. Really? Yes. Yeah, the media guys so always was, taking shortcuts. Yeah, so Great. this was the NFC Championship game, and they had just presumed a victor. Yes. Wow. Like, Vikings were heavy favorites. I mean, I understand that, but still. And then Eugene Robinson, the safety for the Falcons, got caught for soliciting a prostitute. It turned out to be an undercover cop yeah. the night before the Super Bowl. <laughs> I've heard of that story, <laughs> yes. Uh, and then we were sitting uh. and we were sitting in the Broncos fa- fa- like family section, and okay. we were sitting right in front of Bubby Brister's mother, wife, and sister. And he went to LSU, and they were about as Southern Belle yeah. as Southern Belle could be. And just talking with these thick southern accents, Louisiana, I guess Louisiana yeah. accents. Yeah, that's very different than a southern. It is its own subgenre. Yeah, so of it accent. was, it was pretty entertaining. Was, I mean, it wasn't a great Super Bowl. Um, Gloria Stefan was the halftime show guest. Who? Gloria Stefan from Miami Sound Machine. No. Oh wow. Yes. They've really uh, upped their game on yeah, halftime they re- show. They really. It, it was a down. <laughs> it was a down year in halftime show. And the funny story is that my a buddy I went to school with at Boston College, his dad ran the production company that did halftime shows for the Super Bowl. And it, and then he did, and it's kind of gone uphill from there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, anyway, long story short, that was my best memory, Super Bowl uh, and the radio show. So, anyway, let's – Yeah, cool. That, so, we it was start sad. We finished up on humor. Yeah. Good stuff. Beauty. What do you do when you're not playing hockey in the summer? Yeah, what do you, you do? You go back to Halifax, you yeah. hang with Sean O'Donnell. What do you do? Yeah, I hang with Odie. I, uh, yeah, I saw – I'll go home to my parents' place in in Blythe, and I'll be there for a week or two, kind of catch up and kind of unwind from the season. And then I head out east, and then I start training. Um, Train and skate all summer there. I help out at a hockey camp there while while I'm there. And then I run my own hockey camp back home. I come home for like a week in July, and I run my own kids' camp. It's like just goalies. Yeah. Um, We get like 20, 30 kids, and I've been doing that for like five or six years just because there's not a lot in our area um in general but then when it comes to coaching and hockey for kids so my brother helped me for the first couple of years and now i kind of do it on my own um and it's just fun you meet the kids in the area and then they'll email you through the year and if they have questions and um or you know if, if you're doing well they'll say good job <laughs> so uh yeah so your goaltender coach as well yeah i tr- i mean it's more just kind of run a camp and i mean yeah, yeah y- there's a lot of coaching involved but it's more just trying to help the area out and develop kids because there's not a lot of that and then um <coughs> excuse me and then train and skate all summer in halifax and there's a great group of people 
good group of guys training there. A lot of NHL guys. I mean, obviously everyone knows who Cindy Crosby is. Who? Uh, who? <laughs> yeah. Huh? What? <laughs> so he's, Heard he, of him. he skates there. Nathan McKinnon, Brad Marchand, um, you know, lots of great players, AHL guys and stuff. So we um, great skate there. So it's a fun environment to be in all summer and, and definitely get better. And then when training camp rolls around, you're on the road again. So are the, the Peters brothers – the goaltenders for the skate with all these guys back in Halifax? No, my brother, Justin, lives in Toronto. Okay. Um, so Toronto's too big for me. I, I love Toronto to go for a weekend, but it's right. th- too much going on. Yeah. Um, him and his wife have a house there now. So he trains in Toronto, skates there. Um, we've skated together. Last this past summer we didn't because he had a uh, uh, little minor surgery and then he left early to go to Europe. Sure. Um, but the summer before we skated together – um, for almost, yeah, it was like four or five days straight. And our younger brother, Alex, was shooting on us. Uh, we were skating with a goalie coach. So, like, that was cool. Our dad even came to the rink and watched. <laughs> it was like <laughs> the chan- all three of us on the ice at the same time. But, yeah, we never really get a chance to skate together much anymore. So who's on the o- – if it's Anthony Peters on one side of this the skate, yeah. who's in the other net? Uh, Mason McDonald was a goalie there last summer. He's uh, Calgary Flames. Calgary prospect. Jeff pick played a uh, Charlottetown with uh Sprong for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. knows him. So they uh so he's the other goalie there, yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, let's transition quickly to the 3 on 3. This is our other right. little segment yes. okay. that hopefully will be a little more upbeat. Hu- upbeat. We've had some good ones. We've had some good ones and we've had some less good ones. Yes. So 3 on 3 <laughs> and <laughs> well and and somewhere in between as yeah. well. So in this little three-on-three helmet are a bunch of categories. That yeah. Our graphic designer, Jason Vogel, and our video coach, Mass Nickel, a.k.a. Dixie, yeah. have made up. Okay. We have not seen yeah, these categories. Yeah, so we're so. in the dark on we these in the two. Dark. Yeah, right. We know just right. as much as you do. No, absolutely. We've, I've never taken a look in here. I can absolutely say that with certainty and truth yes. and honesty. So you pick a category, and we go around the room here and name our top three in, in this, this category, category. So yeah. that's a three on three. Okay, so I'll let you pick. We are jump, oh, jumbled up. Get in there and then read it aloud Kay. to our listeners, if you will. Yep, you're good. Well, it's all one. Yeah, it's all one. Big one. Words that aren't in the dictionary that you think should be. Okay. Wow. Okay. 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 So we're talking like LOL. Is that a word? Like I guess. I guess technically. Yes, like there are slang terms that. Um, I say a lot of words. I don't even know if they probably are in the dictionary. Yeah, t- t- <laughs> t- t- time after so much time, like Merriam-Webster, will throw them in there. I feel like there's a lot of hockey lingo that is not like in the accepted, you know, Oxford dictionary. Selly could get at yeah at yeah. Selly. But like you could Beauty. say like sauce. Like everyone says sauce, but that's in the dictionary. Spaghetti sauce. No, but sauce that, or but that'd be like an alternate okay, definition. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that could work. So that's that could work. <laughs> that's one of mine. Your your one is sauce. Sauce. You gotta love the sauce. sauce. Yeah. So okay, explain for the the layman at home what is sauce. We me and Ob know sauce. Sometimes frowned upon by coaches. <laughs> <laughs> if you get a little too overzealous yeah. with your sauce. Yeah. So you're supposed to make a hard firm pass along the ice, and you know it's that gets old. Uh, so when guys, they throw sauce, they throw it up in the air, it kind of comes off, looks pretty, it's nice and soft, kind of floats, lands on the guy's stick. Anytime a guy makes a nice sauce, like everyone, it's like an undercover thing when guys see it. Like on TV, you might see it, you don't really realize, but when you, the guys on the team see it, they get pretty fired up. Oh, yeah, everyone loves a good sauce. And there's like different kinds of sauce, yeah. too, because what you want it to do is kind of float in the yeah. air just yeah. a little bit, and it's got to land flat yeah, so the guy yeah. can actually catch it. You know, that's your... That's a nice, clean sauce, nice but then sad. you get the ones that, that bounce around yeah. all over the place. No yeah. one wants those that. Those are frowned upon. Yeah, yeah you don't, you don't want, want that. Right. 
Uh, Sauce in tight spaces, that's that's also frowned upon. Yeah. Like when, you you're like, off, when you're like when you're like three sick. feet away, yeah. like, hey, a little sauce, yeah. like and skip, gone, yeah. break you don't away. want to sauce it up the middle. You no, you don't no. want to no. sauce it up, no. the no. up the middle. You're not you're not tossing up I mean, pizzas for the other can. team. Some guys can, but yeah, the guys that can pull it off, yeah, they're yeah. great. They're revered yeah, for their yeah. sauce abilities. Yeah. Back when I played high school hockey, if there was a a blowout, you know, when the game starts to get out of hand, and you know, you're not supposed to run up the yeah. score and stuff like that. Um, our coaches didn't know about this, but all the players knew. We'd start giving each other the nudge. We would institute um, sauce-only passes <laughs> for the rest of the game. You had to throw sauce, and if your sauce was bad, like the bench would give you a reaction, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. had to come off and change. Sauce Without only. any context, this all sounds vaguely dirty. What? <laughs> sauce only? <laughs> Just all the terminology yeah, and like yeah. and we're throwing out there. That's like, why we had to explain. explain. What is this sauce? Like this I thought this was a PG podcast. Yeah. It is. It yeah. is. We're just talking about hockey passes. That's it. Do you have a word that comes to your mind there, Nick? Yes. Um only because me and my buddies once again in high school loved this. A little Saturday Night Live shout out when Will Farrell would be James Lipton. He was uh complimenting um, someone's acting performance so much that he said there was no word in the English dictionary to describe how powerful his performance was. So he's going to make one up right now. And Will Ferrell, as James Lipton, just said, scrumtrulescent. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think scrumtrulescent should become a word. That is my number one. If we had to add new words to the dictionary, I say scrumtrulescent should be at the top of the list. I'm just drawing a blank right now. I got nothing. I'm sure I create words whether I want to or not during my hockey broadcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. sure many of our fans would uh, echo that sentiment, but I'm just trying to think of a word that I say all the time. That, that isn't really a word. That isn't really a word. Because I feel like as a broadcaster, I try really hard to use the words oh, I'm, supposed bet, yeah. To yeah. Used, I'm supposed to use. Well, that's like a, a Doc Emmerich move, though. He'll make things verbs that aren't really verbs but you know what he's talking about like yes. i don't think helicopter is a noun right right but then it'll be like helicoptered out of the zone and you're like no i get it <laughs> yeah. i get it he <laughs> made it a verb it's now past tense helicoptered i uh, i got nothing right now that's I'm, what's the punishment what's the penalty for that if you can't come up with one if you can't we do, we've never had to <laughs> have ne- i've, I've never pulled a hard Hold a Ooh. hard. That could be a new uh, segment. Yeah, we might we might have to do a little huddle here yeah. off air. I, I know as soon up. as we sign off for this podcast, I'll be like, doesn't count. I yeah, know it doesn't. It's got to be on. It's got to be on air. Nick, you would probably know better than me the words I make up. Well, that's the thing. This is also one of those things that, like, now that you're in the moment, I can't remember a one. Yeah, I'm dying right now. No, it's all right. That's okay. What do you, we'll it's top it three. Do you have another one? We'll no, we just put one each. That's three, isn't it? We have to come up with three each. Ah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, is, that is inherently the whoa, game. Whoa, it is whoa, three whoa. on three. Three people's oh, top I threes in a category. No. But, less, but we can also, here's the other thing. You can piggyback off of other people's answers. So and then I would say, I would say horror awful. I think Shaq used that. Or uh, someone, one of the uh, broadcasters used, it was Barkley or Shaq. Was like, that's so. It's horrible and awful. It's horror awful. Horror awful. Yeah. Horror awful. So we that's combine the two words. So yeah, we can we can add I'll that. So I'll say that. Can I? I'll steal that one. I'm gonna say that one. <laughs> no, I just said it. Yeah. <laughs> We've doubled up before. Yeah, that's hey. what, That's what I meant by you can piggyback off of other people's answers. So I can be like scrumptious lesson and sauce because sauce is a great pick. Yeah. But I don't think we've ever had a situation where all three of someone's answers have been 
right. picked by somebody else. Yeah. I, so you unless know you bring something to the table here, we might have to come up with a punishment. A no, podcast I, punishment. I, you know, I do say all the time, and I've made it into verbs, so I think it should be a word. I say, people are like, how are you doing? Or what's going on in your world? I'm like, oh, still hockeying. 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 Okay. Hockeying. So I'm still hockeying. That's what I'm doing with my life right now. So the definition would be one who uh, is one is who involved the, the in act the, of performing hockey or involved in the industry of hockey. Yeah, hockey making yeah. happy. Yes. Hockey making okay. hockey happen. Yeah. So all right, you're now off the chop. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I know. Oh. What, you know. What I don't like is when people call it puck. Like I'm going to play puck. I like play some puck. Yeah, not I like a fan? I like when guys like I'm going to play hockey or I'm right hockey. I'm not a. I don't play puck. It's like if you're going to play basketball, I'm going to go play some round ball. No, you're not. You're playing some basketball. I mean, you can say I'm balling, but like, no. Like, <laughs> is, is that I'm what pucking? you can say? I feel <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be careful. I don't think any of us could say <laughs> that, to be honest. Yeah. No, yeah. But I like, I don't, you always see guys like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play some puck. I just like hockey. I think it's respect the game. Respect the game, man. I'm going to play some pigskin. Yeah. What would baseball be? I don't know. Run around the diamond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to play some stickball. Yeah. yeah, but that's a real game. That isn't baseball. Stickball is its, its own thing. Yeah. Stickball in the dictionary? Maybe I'll steal that. No, stickball is definitely in the dictionary. Uh, There's no way stickball is not in the dictionary. Son of a bee. Well, I got my answer in, so I'm not being punished. That's all I care yeah. about. And I'm pretty sure we're just piggybacking off of each other. Yeah, scrumptulescent. Scrumptulescent. Is Donnybrook in the dictionary? Donnybrook. I, we like might a have good to old Donnybrook? This, this is a, a good question. We're going to have to get out the Google machine right now. Merriam-Webster. My guess would be Donnybrook is in the dictionary. Really? I feel like it would be. We're going to have to find out. See, I'm, I'm going to start saying words right now. I'm going to seem, seem not smart, so I'm going to be careful. Donnybrook. It is. It's what? a free-for-all brawl. Come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah I thought that was a like hockey word. term. Yeah, okay, like a hockey fair. slang term. That must have been added recently then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're one step ahead of us here yes. on the Wilkes-Barre uh, Scrambler uh, podcast. Uh, yes. First known use, 1852. What? Yeah. Donnybrook. I don't even know. How about Huckleberry? I'm your Huckleberry. That's a That's term. like a proper noun, though, in a literary reference. Yeah. So I don't think that can go into the dictionary. Why not? Like, there's not a there's not a separate dictionary for literary references. I'll be your Huckleberry. I think it should be in there. Huckleberry. Let's see if it's in there. Defi- Merriam-Webster says... Oh, I just spelled it wrong. It's in there. It's in there. Anyway. Really? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, okay. we knew that. I knew it was in there. Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's more to the berry, the the berry portion of the definition, as opposed to the way I'm using it. How about how about this? How about uh, white goodmaning? <laughs> oh, we're gonna put that in the dictionary, which is a verb describing the act of reading the dictionary. Oh, there you go. Oh, wow. I like to get a mental workout as well. <laughs> I like to break a mental <laughs> yeah. sweat too. <laughs> All right, I think I think we've stretched this. Yeah, we've lo- we I think we we've long enough. We yes, got there. we got there. Good, Somehow. good work. You know, against well, all odds, tough odds, yeah. tough odds, and my just blatant inability to find a word. You got there though. I got there though. Hockeying, hockeying. You contributed <laughs> to the conversation. Speaking of hockeying, uh, we're going up to Canada this weekend yeah. to play Belleville and Laval. As a Canada resident, native, yep, also known as Canadian, yeah, also known <laughs> as Canadian. I'm trying to make some new words for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Working on it. Working on it. We're going to get. It's a process. Uh, how excited do Canadians get to go back to Canada and play there? I think it's awesome. Like, I got to go home for Christmas for like two days, and just when you cross the border, it's awesome. Like, just you get back in your country. Um, I mean, obviously, love the United States, but it's cool. Um, and and been to Belleville, been to Montreal or Laval, and um, 
yeah, it's always cool going there. What's the, what's the one thing you have to do when you get home? Um, we probably get a Tim Hortons coffee. Uh, I mean, you it was get, it that stereotypical? You That's can get it here. Ask. You can get there's lots of places you can get it in the states now, but I think it just seems kind of you go to up to Canada and you get your Tim Hortons. <laughs> That's probably what I do anyway when I cross the border. How do you take it? Just black. Ooh. Aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I got the Tim Hortons K-Cups going on right now. Nice. I'm not environmentally sound, yeah. but I have some tasty coffee. Nice. Good stuff. Nice. All right. Well, I think it's about time to wrap things up here on the Penguins podcast. We've held on to you for a good 45, so almost 50 minutes. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun, yeah, though. Yeah, it does. It's, it's great to have you with the team, and uh, your story is amazing. I appreciate you coming on here, spending some time with us. And uh, talking about it in depth, I know it can't be easy, but like I said, your your journey has been uh, has been uh, fantastic uh, to learn about and continued success. You're oh, playing man. great right now, and I uh, hope you keep on going and ascending up to the NHL someday yeah. too. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Went a little longer than you guys said, so. I'll let that <laughs> but are, no, are you upset with us right no, now? No, I'm not upset. I got to go back to the hotel and hang out for the day, so I'm in no rush. So All right, excellent. Thanks a lot. Well, uh, that's going to wrap things up for us here on our Penguins podcast. Make sure you tune in this weekend as the Penguins take on the Belleville Senators, 7 p.m. on Friday, and then a special 4 p.m. start time on Saturday, assuming we make it to Laval to face the Rocket, 8 to 12 inches expected <laughs> Friday Canada. night. That's Canada. Up, yeah. up in Canada. So you can tune in, as always, on your home for Penguins hockey. That's WILK News Radio. You can also watch online at ahlive.com. For our guest this week, Anthony Peters and Nick Hart. Nick, look like you have something on your mind. Do you? No, just uh, then. Then say bye. Bye. I'm Michael Bryan. Thanks <laughs> for tuning, in, everybody. We will see you next time. <laughs>